0: Thank you for joining us for this study, and we always ask that you have your Bible ready for use. Mark chapter 12. That's where we're going to be. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all. Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Mark 12, we've read 28 through 34. People who have not turned their lives over to God may exhibit their lost condition by just consuming everything that comes along without really sorting things out through some sort of priority, order, or values. You just get up every day and take in whatever happens. You participate in a wide variety of thoughts, do what others do, having no permanent order or purpose or sense of importance. Paul Earnhardt once wrote, The lives of most people are a blur. Everything is taken in regardless of value and devolves into an unrelated and focusless mass. I hope and pray that is not the case with any of us. Christians live their lives according to what was said by Jesus in Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God, And His righteousness. The teachings of Jesus have a way of grounding us in foundational truth that equips us to get up every day knowing what is most important, what deserves our attention and energy with respect to everything that is happening around us. So I want you to listen to this in Mark 12. I'm going to read a part of it again. Please follow in your Bible Mark 12:28 through 34. I'm going to read Jesus answer. The most important is, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength." The second is this, "You shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these now let's consider the setting of this the 12th chapter of mark begins with a parable spoken by jesus having to do with the long history of israel's rejection of god and his son then there were questions answered perfectly by Jesus. He was always 100% correct. Questions about taxes, the resurrection. Later in the chapter, Jesus had a question about his relation to David, and then a warning and the story of the widow's mite. In the passage we've read, a scribe who had been listening to all of this and was impressed with Jesus' answers had his own question and that takes us into our passage. He said, which commandment is the most important of all? Let's pause there a moment. I don't think he's asking which laws need to be obeyed and which can be ignored. There is no implication in his question or in Jesus' answer that anything in God's law can be slighted or ignored. The man wants to hear Jesus speak to what is fundamental. What is the beginning place? What is everything else connected to? I believe that's a good question. That needs attention with respect to this passage. What is everything else connected to? Well, Jesus begins his answer by speaking clearly about God, his Father, the Creator, who is one. The Jewish people confess this truth about God on a regular basis. It was and is fundamental, and everything else is, no doubt, connected to who God is. You know, before you get to written commandments, who is the author of those commandments? Everything we believe, teach, and practice as Christians gets back to God's existence, His power— and authority as the Creator, and we, like the Jews under the law, confess that the Lord our God, He is one. If we skip over this and start talking about commandments, genuine intercommitment will not be present. Who gave the commandments? The Lord our God, the Lord who is one. Now we are ready to hear what is next in this passage. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Once we know who God is, his singular perfect being, we are ready to respond to him and our response to God can be summarized as loving him. Now, this doesn't mean to just put God on a list of people and things you love. Remember, the Lord our God is one. Loving others comes after this, as a product of this. And we have to see here, this love for God is stated in terms of totality, taking in the entirety of one's being. The way that was expressed was multiple words, heart, soul, mind, strength. Spiritual wholeness in the inner person directed to the one God who made me. Do you see, Jesus' answer begins with God and loving God with one's whole being. Everything else about good living and good dying is connected to this fundamental, God, knowing him, loving him with all that love involves in action. So as I mentioned earlier, you get up every day and you have a singular purpose in all that you do, wherever you go, whatever task you have and whoever you're with and whatever happens around you, loving God. Jesus says, this is first. If we had a video of this narrative here in Luke 12, I think we would see the scribe leaning in to listen with wonder in his eyes, his ears, his mind, open with obvious admiration of Jesus' simplicity and truth. So we can't stop here. Jesus isn't finished with his answer. You can't just embrace God and forget about people. Something flows from that love for God, something having to do with our relation to people here on earth. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I don't think this was totally new information for the scribe or for those in the crowd who were listening. Moses had said in Leviticus 19.18, Do not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, we shouldn't think of these two commandments as separate or detached because the second flows out of the first. Love God, and as you love God with your entire being, you are equipped to love your neighbor as yourself. Let's pause here can you name any commandment Christians are to keep that would not fall into either of these categories? These are, one man said, the fundamental laws of human life, second to none. So knowing who God is, the one God, loving him, and then loving your fellow man, that's the answer Jesus gave. Now we're going to look at the scribe's reply, verses 32 and 33. And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is much more than all whole, burnt offerings, and sacrifices. He is not saying that the offerings and sacrifices of the law of Moses had no purpose and could be abandoned. No, the scribe is acknowledging the truth that should be foundational to all the Jews were commanded under the law to do. And for us, while we are not required to offer animal sacrifices— all that we do has meaning, has value, because we know God is one, we love him, and we love others. I think the scribe is impressed, he gets it, and Jesus commends him as one on his way to understanding the kingdom Jesus came to establish. Jesus saw that the man answered wisely and he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Others in the crowd took notice as Mark observes in the last verse of our passage, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And so, what should all this mean to us today? Passages like this always tell us something about Jesus. I think it isn't the right approach to just absorb the teaching of Christ without focus on who the teacher is, Jesus Christ. In our classwork at Laurel Heights right now, we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Our emphasis in our classwork is, these are the words of the perfect preacher. He has absolute credibility. He never sinned. He never got it wrong, never led anyone astray, always spoke the truth from God. So when I read his response to this man in Mark 12, it isn't two men talking who have equal standing, and we prefer the opinion of one over the other. No, it is a higher consideration that should strike us that these are the words of the only begotten Son of God. If I put God first, love Him, obey Him, and from that commandment, I'm guided into love and service to my fellow man, I can be absolutely certain that this is the right way to live because of who said this? Jesus Christ. It is in the faithful combination of these two commands that spiritual life is embraced and maintained from a gracious God. I cannot just have God in my life and leave people out. There may be, at times, some temptation to do so. No, I cannot just have God in my life and leave people out. I am best equipped in my thinking and reaction to people after I have committed my life to loving God and keeping his commandments. These two things, Jesus said, go together. I want to say this to us. Worldly humanitarianism starts with man, not God. Worldly humanitarianism is an effort to serve people without serving or even acknowledging the one who made people. Now, I want you to think about that. Worldly humanitarianism is an effort to serve people without serving or even acknowledging the one who made people. Again, what is happening is a vain effort to separate the two greatest commandments. When people want to serve other people, leaving God out, that's a vain effort to separate the two greatest commandments. The message of the gospel of Christ is, get yourself right with God through Christ, and then you are best equipped to love and serve others in your family, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your local church. Get yourself right with God through Jesus Christ, then you are best equipped to love and serve people. If your religious practice is egocentric, it cannot at the same time be God and Christ-centered. May I say that again? If your religious practice is egocentric, it cannot at the same time be God and Christ-centered. We have to start with God and stay there, loving and serving him. And that puts us in position for the best way here to live, and after we leave here, to have heaven as our home. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? "'Jesus answered, "'The most important is, "'Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. "'And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart "'and with all your soul and with all your mind "'and with all your strength. "'The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. "'There is no other commandment greater than these.' And the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God, and after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Thank you for being with us in this study.